Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh, yes. Craftale. Delicious. Delicious. It's Luton Peachshaw. Yeah. I've started brewing my own beer. <laughs> there was a craft... I did some of that a while back. Well, there was a Craftale guy who um, made beer out of the head brewmaster's beard. Because yeah, you know you can make yeast out of anything? Yeah. Uh, and they made it out of this disgusting man's beard. <laughs> Luke and Peach, everyone. <laughs> what an intro. Welcome. <laughs> to the disgusting man's beard the show. The disgusting... <laughs> I'm I mean, Luke Moore. It has been levelled at you before, to be honest, Luke. It has. Uh, yes, Luke Peachow. We're back again. It's Thursday. I hope your week has gone swimmingly. Do you want to do the official apology now or For later what? on? For what? Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it in Alan Partridge style when he All gets right. embarrassed by his Ukrainian girlfriend. Okay. Um, to everyone who listened to the show on Monday yeah. uh, and, and, and sat through the entirety of Pete's rant about craft ale. It was poorly thought out uh, <laughs> and poorly executed, but I stand by everything I said unless we edited it out because of sponsors. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode forty-six, Pete. Last last show we talked about who the forty-fifth president of the United States is. Yes, it's Donald Trump. Who's going to be number forty-six? Eisenhower. <laughs> I think it might be Oprah <laughs> or The Rock. Has she? Uh, has she um, said she's not running? Or said Dunno. she is running? Dunno, Why mate. would you want that? In I your don't. Life? Why would you, you bother? As you know, I make a very, very um, Michelle Im- Obama important stand to not get involved in any other country's politics. So I couldn't tell you. <laughs> what, what does that even I mean? I couldn't tell you. Um, what have we got coming up this week, mate? What have you been doing in the interim three days since we last broadcasted a version of this show? Uh, I have... I had um, sh- uh, shochu, which is a kind of uh, Japanese whiskey made with barley. Uh, and I had a little bit last night. And I had a very small glass, uh, but got very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> by myself never drink at home I've brought the bottle into uh, here so we can both uh, t- we can both try it out at some point oh good you didn't get a uh, little stiff neck did you while you're doing it <laughs> it's a, they do call it a stiffener sharpener did stiffener, you, sharpener yeah, yeah wh- whatever yeah whatever uh, but, uh, a man uh, I think I've mentioned his films before on the show um, it was that Fugu Chana Fugu Fugu Flats yeah you did you mentioned uh, that not that long ago third window um, uh, films I, I met with him and we had a little chat he, he listens to Luke Peach show uh, and he's uh, a man who lives in Japan, uh, in Tokyo, and he's a producer of films, and he also distributes them as well. And he and he gave me a, a, a bottle of sh- uh, shochu, which is very nice of him. Um, how would you feel? This one for you, a conundrum for you. Here's one. At the risk of um, uh, wake, awakening the kraken again, how would you feel <laughs> kind of about, that. about drinking Japanese craft ale? Japanese craft ale. Well, there is a. Um, uh, there is a brew dog in uh, Rapongi, and um, last time I was but in there. But it's not just brew dog. That's just one brand of dickheads who I know, do it. I know, but it, it seems to be a particularly um, corporatized kind of. Uh, it's corporatized a word. Don't know. Yeah, corporatized uh, kind of um, thread. Yeah, of that but it's untranslatable into English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one in Rapongi. So yeah, so craft ale is obviously on the rise out there. But I mean, the Japanese will have a crack at, uh, at anything. But really. you'd be happy with that, would you? No. Right. Okay. No, everyone's a dickhead. But I guess. Well done for not being a hypocrite. A fair- <laughs> 
but a fetish is a fetish. I think I think the, the Japanese, everyone's into something. And they're, when they're into something, they're really into something. Uh, but I, I just think um, out of all the things you can be into, um, ale is not good conversation. Yeah. Uh, you could you could do something else with your time. <laughs> no, that's always that's always true. I just but yeah. you extend that attitude towards people who fetishize food as well, don't you? Yeah, if you go on Instagram, just people take a picture. Oh, I made this ramen. Have you good? There's restaurants and cafes in in London who um who do really well because their food is so Instagrammable. There's one called right. the Farm Girl Cafe on Portobello Road. Mm. Uh, astonishingly overpriced. Very very busy. Um, yeah, I mean it's fine. Yeah, not, it's fair. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean I went there and had, had an all right meal. Very, very expensive, but it was full of people just taking photos of their food. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I don't think I've done it much, to be honest. If you check mm. on my Instagram, there's food on it. I'm, I apologise now, but yeah. it's uh, it's not something I get get involved in quite a lot. Anyway, I brought some ramen in. <laughs> that I made from scratch. <laughs> I'll ram it in you. Um, I, want, I want to just break with protocol ever so slightly and just say this week um, is an opportunity. It's been, go on. It's been. It's an opportunity for me to say that, on top. Uh, that you guys should really listen to Berkhamstead Revisited, which oh, is yes. another st- as Radio Stakhanov show, um, which you can find um, by searching for Berkhamstead Revisited on iTunes or wherever you get your pods. It is brilliant. It's two girls who we know who've decided to go through one of their teenage diaries mm. um, from when they were kids. It is. If you're the sort of person who loves to, to laugh but also cringe... And that's pretty much everyone, as far as I understand. You've got to listen to it. It's yeah. so funny. Hearing uh, a Episode woman, two should be out now. Hearing a grown woman talk about her um, teenage experiences of using a chupa chop, like having a chupa chop in her mouth. Uh, she thought it was sexy. She thought it was sexy. Yeah. I've me, seen you makes, do that. Makes me, makes me laugh. It, I, when I was a kid, not because it was sexy, but I remember being very proud that I could tie a cherry um, stalk oh, yeah. in, in a knot with my mouth. Yeah. And I showed it my dad, and my dad, I mean, my dad went, "That's really not for you to do." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he had his, he had his, he had his uh, presumptions. Did he say? Did, he, think, did he say? But I think he oh. went. I think he went. You realise that isn't necessarily about the dexterity of being able to tie a yeah. cherry It's about something else. And I was like, "Going, is it?" My dad would have taken it. So can I have? Let's can I have a look at that. Let's see. Chucked it on the floor and stamped on it, <laughs> and then put it in the bin. So and I looked at me with a look that said. We're not talking about this again. <laughs> that's what my dad would have done. I don't care what you do. Just um, don't do it to me. I'm not, I'm not saying it would have been right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what he would have done. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Berkhamstead Revisited. If you're having trouble spelling Berkhamstead, um, because it's a small town in, in, in England and you're not from England, understand. Place. Just um, make sure you, uh, you you Google it or whatever. But yeah, check it out on iTunes or Podcasts app or wherever you get your pods. It's very, very well worth checking out. So that's what I've been doing because I've been helping to make that show. And so that's what I've genuinely been doing over the last few Berk weeks. So. Hamstead. Exactly. Yeah. It's not Hamstead. No, no Hamstead. See, so you're fucking B- confusing it. Don't B- confuse it. B-E-R-K Hamstead. S-T-E-D. Yeah. Let's talk about craft ale. Let's talk about STDs. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would agree. I would say uh, craft ale is worse than STDs. I said no. <laughs> um, th- so th- that's the it's been. Should we... Um, should we Dive right. We'll tell you what we've got to do, though, Pete, actually, because we owe this to the listeners. Well, actually, we don't owe them fucking, We don't owe them we don't nothing, anything. mate. We don't owe them We're anything. doing two shows a week for nothing. But if we do owe them something, um, and that's a philosophical debate for another time, we do definitely um, owe them Amen Carter or two. So let's yes. save time for that at the end of the show. Let's make sure but we do that. Before we do that, let's get into the old emails. Do you want to have a little mm. jingy? Little jingles. Jingles, mate. I'm very, very good. 
No, nice. it's one of my favourite ones. Punchy, isn't one, it? Yeah. It's punchy. Um, can I uh, can I jump in with Murray Butler's uh, email? Murray Butler. Murray Butler. I'm drunk. He's a man I'd like to have in my employ. Exactly. Uh, hello, Luke, Pete. After hearing your cocaine bear story and your interest in other animals who have got the gear, I've <laughs> got on the gear. <laughs> right. Uh, I thought you might enjoy this story. My friend was travelling around Colombia and ended up on a secluded beach where backpackers could buy copious amounts of the nation's most famous product without fear of police or gang interference. And that is cocaine. And that is cocaine. Uh, the disco tent, uh, as it is called, did not have any kind of sound system in, uh, but was instead just a Colombian bloke with an enormous block of the devil's dandruff and a chisel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, that is bleak. That is that's dreadful, isn't it? Um, my friend bought an entire ounce of the stuff and stuffed it into his backpack. Later that night, he discovered that most of his backpack and the drugs in question had been eaten by uh, one of the roaming donkeys that hung around the beach. And, and basically, they used to eat so, uh, everything that uh, it was left. The donkeys really anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <clears throat> tired and quite sober, he went to bed in his tent, only to be woken by some loud eoing, the sound of very, one very coked-up amorous donkey attempting to shag all of the other donkeys on the beach. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's could, he get a, could he get... Could he reach tumescence, is the question. I would argue probably not. No. No. Flopping it around. Gives a whole new fr- meaning to the phrase, I couldn't give a swinging donkey's dick, doesn't it? <laughs> but even the mention, who's that from, by the way, Peter? Uh, that's from, lest we Oh, Murray, Murray Butler, Butler, sorry, yeah, the muzzer. From Red Hook in Brooklyn. Very nice. Red I, Hook, I've not heard of that. No. Um, I was just going to say, the, the mere mention of the term devil's dandruff mm. reminds me of... Of Jay McInerney's The Bolivian Marching Powder. No. What? No. No. I don't, I don't even understand what you just said. They called it like the Bolivian March about it, didn't they? I thought you said Oblivion March. I was like, what? Oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> the Devil's Dandruff reminds me of what I would consider to be the most underrated comedy series of the last 20 years. Right. Which is Steve Coogan's uh, Saxondale. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Brilliant. You know, so I mean, good. Everyone of our generation kind of watches everything Coogan does, really, isn't it? I don't know if I know many people who've seen it, though, because I mention it all the time, and you're a bit of a comedy aficionado, <laughs> Pete, which is um, which everyone will no doubt be unsurprised to hear, but a lot of people, when I talk to them about it, they don't know it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Round for two strange. seasons. Very, yeah. very good. Very um, good. I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn... Is it Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Never seen it. Um, it's all right, actually. It's very watchable. It's like, a little bit like The Office, I suppose. Uh, very tame... Very family friendly, but, a, a but like the American little... version of the office, yeah, right, yeah, a great little, uh, a great little watch. So Saxon Dale, just because I've, I've realised I've just left that out there and I've not really explained what I mean. Um, the reason that the Devil's Dandruff thing reminds me of that show is because uh, Steve Coogan plays a guy called Tommy Saxondale who is an ex-roadie in the 70s who mm. worked with loads of big bands and there's now a pest controller in Stevenage mm. and he, he basically trades on telling all these stories about rock and roll excess in the 70s mm. and he uses the phrase Devil's Dandruff quite a lot. Yeah, in, in my line of work I do sort of um, broadcast to and chat to uh, that, that kind of chap who loves a bit of Clapton. Yeah. Kind of looks a bit like Eric Clapton. Yeah. Has the same spectacle as Eric Clapton and yeah. always wears old band T-shirts. And, you yeah. know, we'll all get there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we'll all bloody get I'm, there. I'm arguably already there. <laughs> um, so thanks for that, Murray. Um, I've got an email here, Peter, about... Oh, do you know what we didn't do? We didn't do the passwords uh, email from last week. Okay. At the risk of essentially robbing you of everything you own um, <laughs> because people are going to get involved. Mm. Um, I thought I'd do this one from Andrew because I promised it on Monday and I don't like to deliver. Mm. Uh, or not deliver when I've promised something. So Andrew says, Hi guys, I'm just eight minutes into a recent episode and listening to the password woes of Pete. Now, for those of you who don't remember this, Pete's terrible with passwords. I mean, if you if you are stupid enough to have either a communal email address or your own email address linked to some piece of software that Pete needs to use, expect emails on an almost daily basis 
of uh, of passwords being reset. I request, yeah, I request new passwords on a daily basis. Yeah. So Andrew goes on to say, how is a man so into his tech not using a password uh, a password manager, and how is he letting Luke use a spreadsheet? Come on, guys. Personally, I'll go for LastPass, and it's great. Chrome and Firefox extensions, app for your phone, pretty cheap. <laughs> Get on it. Regards, Andrew. <laughs> Pete, talk to me about password managers because I'm ashamed to say I don't really even know what one is. It's just using one centralized password that's dangerous, uh, automa- though, no? Well, no, but it automatically kind of um, automatically uh, gives you access to basically it interacts with all of your uh, different sites and basically types in the right password for that particular but that's site. That's dangerous. All you've got to do is crack that one password then and you're well, in. Well, yeah, but I think there's there'll be two factor authentication. There'll be stuff like that. There'll, there'll be safeguards that um, present, prevent people. And also. It's not one of those ones. It's probably like a um, there's a difference between server side passwords, which people can crack or people can kind of um, de- decrypt a lot of the time, right? Uh, or in leaks and stuff like that. When uh, when, when Adobe or I think I I got um, I fell foul of the Adobe leak a few years ago, and obviously uh, not Addison. Eh? What's the uh, what's that um, sex one? Um, Ashley Madison. Ashley Madison. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, yeah, th- th- those kind of leaks. Um, people keep their passwords on the server, and sometimes unencrypted because there's no rules against it. Um, so why don't you but, use a password manager? Well, a password manager is a is a uh, is a client side password that no one's ever going to. Why don't you use to. one? Don't want to, dickhead. Got one. <laughs> Can't remember the password for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would just be me requesting that password every bloody time. There we go. I'm enjoying the um, face identification thing on my phone though. On the iPhone. Yeah, but you look like everyone. That's a dangerous <laughs> game to play. Oh my god. Hitler's just broken my phone. <laughs> Richard Spencer's on it. <laughs> yeah, I do look like a lot of terrible men. Well, your face is like Terrible Men. Terrible men. Terrible men. There's a new show on um on Discovery Real Time Extra. <laughs> Pete, Pete Dawson's terrible, terrible Men. men. Oh, he's terrible. And episode Oh terrible. At episode twenty four of twenty four. And of course the ultimate terrible man is myself. <laughs> <laughs> Solemnly, um, kind of like stood over, like I don't know, fucking Stalin's um, grave, going, "Oh, isn't he terrible?" But Pete, a a, oh. um, if I had to describe your face to uh, an alien civilization, I would say it's a blank canvas, an amalgam, but a blank canvas of people with specifically very right wing views. <laughs> anyway, next email. Yeah, I just <laughs> should, should yeah. we have an ad break while we consider about what, how terrible we are. 
not here for a it's long like time. Four, He's here for a good time. It's like 50-odd bloody um, episodes. We're on episode 46. Incredible. Uh, you're mentioning a Mr. Blobby having an abandoned theme park ages ago prompted me to search for it. That's what we're here for. Oh, yeah, I saw this email. I clicked on the Daily Mail link, and it was depressing. Yeah, and I came across a Daily Mail article from 2009. What stood out for me uh, was this. Basically, uh, the abandoned ruins of Mr. Blobby's theme park, ravers broke in and had a rave, which is fucking mm. badass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ravers, basically, this is a quote, the ravers should have more respect for Mr. Blobby. He was a hero to a lot of kids, and the thought of them taking drugs and having all-night raves in his house is completely disrespectful. I mean, he's a fictional character. So, yeah. <laughs> his house! I read the Daily Mail article, and I... And I and the, and the, Say the words crinkly bottom, or just don't mention his house. And the, and the name the name of the guy who apparently gave them a quote was so obviously a made-up name. I was thinking, <laughs> no one's going to say that. No one's going to give you a quote on that. <laughs> Oh, I love it! I can't but tell if it's tongue in cheek or not. But the, um, but Pete, the the <laughs> the pictures that accompany the article of Mister Blobby World or whatever it's called, um, which obviously a weird character based on a nineties TV show presented mm. by another weird man. Um, <laughs> but the pictures of that all overgrown and the idea of someone going there to have a good time while um, intoxicated, for some reason, made me feel very, very upset. It's no, just horrible it's- to look at. <laughs> But it's, it's like it's horrible to look at the same way you see those amazing photo journals of abandoned Olympic venues, right? Yeah. Right. But at least we've the abandoned about, we've spoken about abandoned. Kind yeah, of but at least there. the abandoned Olympic venues had like some glory to them, had some like real almost um, you know, idea of something bigger than us, like amazing right, yeah. achievement. You know that type yeah. of stuff. Crinkly bottom world hasn't got that. <laughs> Anything with Noel uh, Edmonds' uh, fingerprints all over it. And Noel Edmonds is an underrated maniac as well. He's, he, oh, he's got some he's... very fringe views. Oh, my dears. Like, whenever I see a deal or no deal, um, uh, not cash machine, fruit machine, I get, I get the, the bile rises in my stomach. Yeah. The, a man who managed to become successful without being funny, without being handsome, without being uh, having any charisma, is a testament to how boring... Radio was in the 1980s. Do you not think he's an all right presenter? His presenting skills. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of all right presenters who are all also rather charismatic. Yeah, can't think of one. No, there, I can't but, think of one. Uh, but you, um, but Pete, because um, that's what people say about uh, the, the late ungreat Richard Keys, isn't it? That he was an amazing presenter. Yeah, like, I, he's I, so skilled at presenting, but he's just a complete knob. For some reason, is it BN he's in? Uh, BN, in, BN in the Middle East. In yeah. the Middle East, he uh, they did a, um, a show. I think on um, uh, they broadcasted it on one of the um, streaming sites. I think it was right. like Periscope or something. Right. And for the first time in what about ten years now, I guess. Right. Like I watched him present a show, and it's like apparently no RQ. Yeah. Like he, he is an amazing presenter. Yeah. But. Yeah, you have to be a more rounded individual, let's say, in <laughs> yeah. 2018. Yeah, uh, and, I'm not defending know. the guy. I'm just saying. No. You know, there's, there's a, there's a, I think. I think that maybe it goes, it goes hand in hand being a very weird person and being a decent presenter because you don't second well, guess. Well, because no, then you'd be good. No, no. Well, exactly. Well, no, because <laughs> just that was me. That was no, me. but I'm constantly sort of second guessing myself, and that's what makes me a bad presenter um, because I'll I'll start down a line down a down a route. Goodness me! <laughs> exactly. I can't speak. I worry about what I'm about to say next, whether it's okay or not. Yeah. But presenters don't. They just you know, we're on about fuck off. It's what, um, that's what Mark Chapman said to me when I interviewed him and, and he talked about John Inverdale. Right. So he's just such a good presenter. It's so easy and natural to him that sometimes he just, it just belies the fact that, you know, <laughs> yeah, you can fill in the blanks. But, but, um, but I, the reason that's an interesting point of view though, and an interesting discussion personally, I think is because, um, people assume that it's really easy to present, but it's not. No. And oh, it's, yeah, you just, it's just speaking. It's not, it's no. really, really difficult. And uh, it's a real skill to be learned. And people who are naturally good at it 
are worthy of respect in 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 that small area of of their skill set. I would say. Yeah, and and I would argue that I find this show a lot more difficult than uh, when I present on on the radio or whatever, simply because it's my house. I know where I'm going to go nine times out of ten. I mean, it occasionally and frequently, let's face it, uh, falls down, but. Just to, just knowing that you've got thirty seconds or a minute or two minutes to fill, I find that a lot easier than dealing with curveballs and dealing with uh, explaining my thoughts. Yeah. Bearing in mind how disordered and strange my head can be at times. I think people I listening this to this show hard. regularly will well, recognise all that stuff from both of us. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. email because um, we need to do Mencounter. Yes, okay. Yeah. Let's have an email. Oh, you sure, isn't it? I just did an email, mate. Oh, yeah, you did, yeah. Go on. Yeah. Okay, I'll do this one really quickly. Okay. I'll apologise in advance to Joe in Ealing, who's got super alkaline PKSL batteries, mm. uh, because this email probably deserves more time, but mm. sadly, um, we, we have got to squeeze some Encarters in. But I, I will go through it very, very quickly. He says, uh, Hello, chat. It's been meaning to email in for ages following the story of the light bulb testicle incident. I don't remember that. Uh, rings a bell. He says, the bell. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> he says it brought up old memories with regards to an equally gruesome story that my cousin told about 15 years ago at a family curry. Um, it's a longish story, but bear with. That's so, a, you know what? A family curry sounds bloody lovely. It does. We won't in a minute. <laughs> um, people listening who are of, 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 of delicate disposition, who don't particularly want to hear a type of gruesome story like this. Ah, shut up. You know what you came for. Get on with it. I don't want to hear about it or turn off. We still get the download. <laughs> anyway, that's a warning. That's fair warning. Okay. He says uh, his cousin uh, was is a policeman in the Met and regaled us with an incident that happened to his partner while on patrol a few days before. They were following a lead to the whereabouts of a suspect wanted for petty theft, which paid off and led to a pursuit through the streets of South London. They chased the offender into an alleyway with a wire fence at the end, flimsy and a bit messy structurally, but nevertheless an obstacle giving them an excellent opportunity to gang ground on the hot-footed hoodie. The perp took a few moments to navigate himself over the fence, and so my cousin and partner almost had him in their grasp. The partner, smelling victory, raced ahead and performed what my cousin described as a monumental hurdle attempt to clear the fence a la Jackie Chan, but made a grave misjudgment. The angle that my cousin's partner landed meant the fence had effectively impaled his right buttock and almost completely tore it away from the muscle attachment. He had to wait. He had... <laughs> He had to wait, hanging from his ass cheek, for over 30 minutes. Oh, Jesus Christ. And Joe finishes the uh, email by saying, I had a bit of a weak stomach for things like this, especially as a 10-year-old. And upon completion of the story, with hand remarks, I promptly fainted at the dinner table and had to be carried the short walk back to my aunt's by my dad. <laughs> you know when you sort of like feel that kind of horrible story and you're just like, I can't handle this. I can't have this. Uh, if, yeah, if, yeah. if it catches you off guard or whatever. It actually start that feeling starts in the buttock a little bit. And that's where the, you know... Yeah, that's where the problem lay in the first place. For me, the issue I've got, which could possibly—I'm not very squeamish generally, but I do tend to avoid the worst parts of the internet stuff, videos, and I'm not. I watch. I'll watch anything. I'll watch executions. I'll watch murders. I'll watch anything blood or guts. I'm fine with. But if someone rolls an ankle. If no, someone looks okay. like they might sprain, if a, a model is tottering about on some massive heels on a on a thing, and she starts and a, an ankle starts to go, I can't, I can't turn it off. If a footballer gets tackled and his ankle rolls, yeah, I just know how horrible that is. I know how big your ankle can get because I used to do it every couple of days outside the Garnain uh, High Commission in Highgate. They've got cobbles outside there, and I used to roll my ankle every single week, and it was painful. It's not worse than getting killed, though, is it? 
it's up there. It's up there. <laughs> Rolled ankle, right neck, getting killed. Have you got? A, that's that's the, the top three. That's Have you got a history of ankle issues? Then yeah, massive. I just I would constantly just roll my ankle, and it would put me out of football for a, a long time. So everyone's got their buttons that can be pushed. And I, I, I was just going to say that the mm. bit about the buttock being tore away from the muscle is not for me. That I, I'm not here for that. I don't that want seems kind of clean, though. Seems like a, there wouldn't be a lot of blood. I'm sure he probably begs to differ there. No. Um, are you actually, uh, last week, uh, thank you for that email, whoever that was. Um, Joe, Joe and Joe, Ealing. Joe and Ealing. Uh, Jack had an email uh, last week that you read out, but you, uh, you omitted the PS, and I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Take, um, take it back. Take it back down he, to he Monday. Asks, he asks four questions. Where is Luke's wife from? Name an Asian country beginning with J. Who was the last person Pete interviewed? What's the name of Boston's international airport? Hopefully, some listeners are now completely hammered. That referring to the Luke and Pete Shaw drinking, drinking game. game from so, a few weeks ago. My wife is American. Yeah. Pete loves Japan. Yeah. Um, what were the other two? Uh, what was the last person Pete interviewed? Yes, tell me that. Uh, I think it might have been the Blossoms. Okay. And also Boston's International Airport. What it's Logan. Like? Logan. Boston Logan. Logan's Very good right. airport. It's a go. great airport. It's a great airport. You. It's up there, mate. It's got those machines where you can get a printout so you haven't got a queue. Nice. My tip would be, if you're flying into that part of the oh, world... Oh, here we go. If you're flying into that part of the world, get the last flight you can to Boston because when you get there, everyone wants to go home and they, you absolutely <laughs> breeze through. There we go. Oh, dear. Um, so, shall we get into a bit of Mencarta? Yes, let's do that. So, let me find my Mencarta jingle. There it is. Uh, we actually got given a new uh, Mencarta jingle. Uh, Sam in York, aerosol batteries, he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, afternoon, boys. As you can tell by the attachment, I've taken it upon myself to cut the Mencarta jingle correctly so it won't have Pete talking over the end of it. What's the fun in that, though? That's not... Now we don't have to be annoyed by it. Every time, Peter, you dirty little melt. If anyone <laughs> from Absolute Radio is listening, I will be happy to take a job as I can now clearly uh, find myself more skilled than at least one of your current employees. The presenters don't right? do their own jingles, though. So, they do. Okay, right. <laughs> So uh, here is the audio that he attached. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sam in York. You got you. You muffed that right up, mate. Sam, you got Sam. to label your attachments mate, properly. Jesus. That, I mean, what you've done there is you've recorded off the Luke and Pete show, but you've had another tab open. Yeah. That's not right. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's something else. Yeah. Completely, Sam in York. You've so, let yourself uh, down there, Sam. Yeah. Never mind. So we're gonna have to go for, um, for the original, for, for the original and the best. The original and the best. Let there be justice for all. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope. Good morning. Right. <laughs> we go. The end bit's the best. I know, right? And if you can take one lesson from that, Sam, and anyone else, <laughs> anyone else, let's stop it. Anyone else listening <laughs> is that Pete takes his um, territory, his train set. Very seriously. Oh, mate, I've, I've peed all over this and, iPad. And if anyone wants to come anywhere near it, yep. they better bring their mates <laughs> and bring their dinner. Because by the time Pete's finished with you, you're going to need it. <laughs> right, Ben Carter, you're up. Very troubling. Uh, I didn't have a Ben Carter ready. I thought you had one. Oh, already. I've got one. Sorry, yeah, but yeah, you yeah, told yeah, me you had a couple. No, I had I had the uh, intro to Ben Carter. I've got one. I've got one myself. Men Carter, not Carter. Um, well, Listen, I've got one here sent in by... Um, Ilum in Galway, Ireland. Ilum. Which I'm happy to, uh, to, um, to, to to read out. But if you've got one first, perhaps we no, could... No, you get involved. Okay, I'll start with this one and you All can right. follow up with your one. Okay, Ilum. Uh, great name, by the way. Fantastic. Like uh, Ilum Sphere. Yeah. Who listens to the Football Rumble every now and again. His real name's Ryan. Oh, um, Ryan Sphere, eh? Ilum, Ilum says, um, I don't know if you're still doing Men Carter. That's a dig. That's that's rude, isn't it? We've just been running out of time. Our time management is can be quite poor. Well, we've got two shows a week, so it's confusing, isn't it? Exactly. Um, but if you are, I'd like to submit the Night of the Big Wind, 
I've um, had a few of them. Yeah, we all have. After family curry night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not after your buttock's been ripped, though. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, imagine that noise. Ilum, Ilum. <laughs> flapping. Like a, like, a, <laughs> like a boat turned to wind. <laughs> like a barn door. Sheets of the wind. Um, <laughs> Ilum is also kind enough to, um, to include the Irish name for the night of the big wind, which I am not going to disrespect the Irish people by attempting. Uh, do you want to, Pete? Uh, where is it? It's here. Give it here. It's there. The night of the big wind. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's Oik uh, and Goth Moore. Okay, it's better than I would have done, but I you ruined it, it by it <laughs> you ruined it by being uh, the a big old wind there. Xenophobic <laughs> beforehand. So uh, he says it was. Oh, that wind! That's enough now. This is why we can't do one two a week because Pete, Pete gets carried away. Um, it was January sixth, eighteen thirty nine, in pre-famine Ireland, and there were ten million people. Um, living mostly in thatched cottages without electricity. Right. As night fell, the storm got worse until it started ripping the thatched roofs off the houses and knocking down walls. In complete darkness, with wind in excess of 115 miles an hour, people had to leave their houses and shelter in holes in the ground. More than 200 people died and 42 ships were wrecked off the coast of Ireland. Jeez. Because it was the epiphany, January the 6th, um, people thought it was the end of the world. And my favourite fact is that when the old age pension was introduced in 1900 in Ireland, the only way of deciding whether you got it or not was being able to accurately remember the night of the big wind. That was the <laughs> test. Do you remember it? Yeah. Tell yes, us what happened. You're not having it. Oh, it's windy. Oh. I'll tell you what. Oh, the big wind. Remember the wind you've thought of as the worst times <laughs> by at least 10? Give them my money. I think uh, everyone was very surprised by the amount of snow, certainly in Cumbria. Right. Uh, it's, it's still still going on. Not as... Um, not as serious as this, though, is it? Uh, Ilum, um, Ilum also says that um, he's got Duracells uh, in, in his, in his uh, remote. But I, I checked this out, and it is true. Um, prior to 1863, there was no birth registration in Ireland. So um, one of the big consequences um, of, of this night of the big wind as well was a starvation of livestock, because literally all the stacks of hay and corn and food for the livestock had just been blown away. Right. There's no way of feeding them. Um, and it was such a severe storm that a quarter of all houses in Dublin sustain some sort of reported damage. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And like Dublin's a big place. A night, big place. Night of the big wind into Mencarta. What well, about there you that? Go. Yeah. Right down that big river. What have you got for your one then? But thanks for that, Ilan, by Thank the way. That's much, the sort yeah. of stuff we love. <clears throat> I'd never heard of that before. Everyone hopefully got a bit of uh, interest in that. Terrible thing, obviously, a long time ago now, but mm. um, that's exactly the sort of stuff we want uh, for, for Mencarta. But Definitely. Pete, what have you got? Well, a couple of things I wanted to... I, I should have mentioned in the it, It's Been. Uh, I was rather disorganised at the start of the show, sleepy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Michael Shannon. You know the actor Michael yes, Shannon? Yes, love him. The excellent Michael Shannon. Love him. Um, he's brilliant, and he's in everything good. Uh, yeah. And he makes something good too. Um, did you see him? He was like, he was, I think he's from Chicago. He works in Chicago. Basically, he was doing some kind of, um, he's directing a play. And he didn't go to the Oscars. Yeah, so there's that. a shot of him just watching uh, his uh, The Shape of Water, the film that he's in, uh, win like a, a bottle of Oscars or, or certainly the, the, the best um, picture anyway. Uh, in yeah. like a bar, just having a drink. I love that. Lovely. Keeping it real. I, I also, um, I also, it reminded me that. Um, the um obviously the shape of water which i haven't seen and i do really want to mm. see it um as far as i understand it it's about it's a metaphor type thing it's like a woman who falls in love with this sort of water monster type mm. thing right and it's very sort of guillermo del toro pan's yeah, labyrinth yeah, yeah. type stuff because that's obviously what he does um but it was funny because i saw something in the sun last week which said um snowflake said that frankenstein's monster might have been eligible for human rights oh, and it Christ. was like okay 
do you have you completely missed the point of what Frankenstein <laughs> is about? Because I mean, it's essentially a metaphor, and, and you work in the printed press, so hopefully you know what a metaphor is. So you're either willfully talking down and trying to whip people up who don't know any better than you, or you are literally the thickest journalist in Fleet Street. All of them, and it's a got, packed list. Let me tell you, all that. of them have got degrees. And like we were talking about Milo last week, people having opinions for money and you know appealing to people who perhaps aren't as educated as them. And speaking of Michael Shannon, um, in, speaking of Michael Shannon, interestingly enough, how about this for a link? We got an email last show from a guy from Red Hook in Brooklyn. Yeah, yes. remember? Yeah, that's where Michael Shannon lives. Is that right? Yeah. Red Hook in uh... Brooklyn. Apparently, oh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, he lives in Brooklyn. Right. Yeah, no, but he's working in Chicago. You're right. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's why he was in Chicago. Um, yeah. So well done, that man. Yeah. I'd, 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 there was a bit in the. Are you suggesting putting Michael Shannon straight into Man Carter? No, no, I, I don't think so. But I think you know, maybe in a couple of uh, films' time. Keep playing your cards, right, Mickey? <laughs> You'll get in there. Yeah. The shape of Shannon. The. Uh, um, Carol was there. Good. Man Carter. Do you Man Carter? Do you Man Carter? Yes. Uh, the, the diversity bit in uh, the Oscars. I remember now. The diversity bit in the Oscars. She's like going um, to visit an elderly relative. <laughs> oh, planes, everybody. Uh, the, the diversity bit in the Oscar where they, they did like a kind of um, a compilation of, uh, you know, prominent women in uh, in this year's films. Yeah. They had the shape of water. It's like the fish don't, are underrepresented in films, I'm sure. sure. But that did not, I think that kind of dilutes in the aforementioned water, the message, <laughs> so somewhat. Like, Isn't the main character, main part in the in the film a woman, though? Yeah, but I think the shot they used was of the fish, Just man. of a sea monster. <laughs> it's a sea yeah. monster. Look, see? Black people, women, and fish. They should men. be represented more. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, the Hacienda Hotel. Okay. Basically, it was a hotel that uh, was in Las Vegas, I do believe, but... That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the plane that advertised the Hacienda Hotel, the Cessna 172, with Hacienda Hotel plastered on the side in big letters, flew for ages. Basically, a slot machine mechanic managed to fly 150,000 miles over 64 days without landing back in the 1950s. Huh. In a plane. Just went round and round and round for 64 days. Did the plane have a toilet? <laughs> The plane did have a toilet. It also had a, a rudimentary bed as well. Did the plane um, have a toilet where he could rub bread on the seat before eating it? <laughs> That's a callback. That's a callback. A disgusting callback. Yeah. Um, so basically, two fully grown men in a plane flying around for 64 days. Now, it's hard enough us doing this podcast, Luke, for an hour a week yeah. or a couple of hours a week. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's incredible. So they, they had to modify their plane massively. Uh, fueling was a big situation as well, obviously. Why were they doing this? Just to advertise the hotel? Well, just to advertise the hotel. Well, no, I think the, the, the hotel adver advertisement was just kind of like a PR thing. But yeah. basically, they just wanted to see how long a plane could fly for. I don't actually know why they stopped at 64 days, but they managed to keep flying for that amount of time. How did they so, refuel? So, 95-gallon belly tank on the plane. Uh, so it was 142 gallons at worth of uh, worth of, uh, of petrol of uh, aviation fuel. Yeah. Uh, and so they basically um, could refuel by grabbing a horse from the refueling truck with a hook and a winch. So it would fly very low. Wow. How very slow, slow would have to go Well, for exactly. That? Very slow. Uh, and no one slow. And an electric pump transferred fuel up to the wing tank. So, so they refueled twice a day. Uh, the tanker truck had to sort of obviously keep speed with it. Uh, and whoever was on the uh, in the co-pilot seat basically just um, hung a little platform out of the window between the fuselage and the wing strut so that you could step outside and refuel the plane, which is just mental. That's great. So there's absolutely, absolutely no crazy. reason to be doing this. 
Singing. No, no reason. Well, okay. just kind of, you know. When they, got, when they eventually landed, were they like 10 years younger? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That should have happened. 128 times they managed to refuel before they landed. The only, the only hairy refueling they reported was when they had to do it at night once. Did you have um, any information about the co- land they covered? Presumably they just stayed around Nevada, did they? Yeah, I think they just sort of just all desert flew around. around. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. um, so basically, uh, a uh, so they had to refuel as it was going round. Um, the generator crapped out on day thirty nine, so that it was a hand pump to pump the uh, to pump the petrol. Into I love the, that. Into the plane. It's not going to stop us. It's, it's not going to stop us. Um, so they couldn't fly that long without sleeping, but they did bathe and sleep. The co pilot's seat had been removed, and the swinging fuselage door replaced with like a, a fold out door for easy entrance and exit while the plane was in flight. Uh, there was just so they could sort of change positions. Uh, there was a little sink inside the plane for shaving and toothbrushing, but uh, bathing was done with a quart bottle of water outside on the platform. <laughs> which is just insane. Standing naked and wet on the outside of a moving plane. Yeah. Incredible situation. Not for me, thanks. There was a cushion uh, running the length of the fuselage for uh, sleeping. Neither man could really sleep properly, which is incredible. Um, to, uh, well, you'd think at some point they would just crash. Because I mean, if you're not sleeping properly for 64 no, days... No, exactly. Well, um, uh, there was a, they were in a canyon somewhere between uh, California and Yuma, uh, Arizona. Uh, the pilot, Tim, dozed off for an hour. <laughs> Luckily the, really? uh, the, luckily, the autopilot was uh, still working at the time. Because if you have one night's bad sleep, you've stopped playing the wrong jingle and <laughs> reading out the wrong email address. Um, food was pre- prepared by a, a kitchen. They only used the freshest, healthiest food available. Uh, but before it ended up on the plane, it had to be mashed into a thermos. <laughs> All this nice food oh just God. mashed into a thermos. Which is incredible. Set up the fuel pipe. Yeah, that's yeah. how they got towels, laundry, water, all mashed into a thermos. Really? Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that is very, so very good. I've never heard of that they before. They managed to fly for 64 days. Uh, is, uh, is it Jalopnik? Uh, I, I, I don't know what that word comes from. It's something to do with um, cars or something. But Jalopnik, or Yelopnik, uh, was the website that, uh, that wrote that piece. But it's good fascinating. Stuff. It's a good concatenation. Because sometimes you'll, um, you'll find out about something and you'll try and find a piece that kind of distills it down to its main points. Mm. Uh, there was an aviation website that did it and it just did it. It was too... A bit beardy, it was, was it? it? was a bit beardy. It was obsessed with how the plane worked. Basically. A bit neck beardy. 64... 64 days. It's an incredible story. Oh. That's exactly the sort of stuff we want oh. in Carter. So two for the price of, of one there. Mm. Um, but listen, it's about time we nipped off for a craft ale, isn't it? All right, let's have a crafty. Let's get out of here. And uh, we'll see you, you on get, Monday. If you want to get in touch with the show, as always, it's uh, hello at lukeandpeatshow.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon. And we'll see you on Monday for episode 47. Can you believe it? We're so proud of our young boy. Young boy, 47. The show. The show. Okay. He's grown 40, up to be a lovely young man. Now. 47. Yeah. That's middle age. You and I will never see that. <laughs> My arm hurts. Can't move my neck. Oh, the big wind! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.